Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Richard Geiger. <laughs> yep. Uh, across from me is my co-host, Mr. Ken Seymour. Well, hello, everybody. And today we've got a presentation, uh, one or two. Let's, let's call it that. Yeah, no, it's definitely presentation number two. Uh, yes, uh, pertaining to... Wizard World Cleveland. Now, mm. this may not be brand new news to uh, anyone, but uh, uh, the pudding people were represented in Cleveland. I was able to attend a few weeks ago, have a fabulous time, learn about a new convention, talk to some fantastic people, and get a general idea of an event that uh, most people are not completely familiar with. Um, I feel like... Maybe in this area, do you think people know about it? When you were there discussing or talking or chatting or seeing, were they local or were they from all over the place? Um, They were actually for quite a distance, but not really much in the way of people from Bloomington area in Indiana. It was more from the other surrounding places. So I think there is some knowledge, but Cleveland is quite a ways from Indiana. I mean, you have to do some driving to get there. It's not the most attainable location of all time. Um, I was happy to make that particular drive. It 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 uh, it's better with other people. So since since we had some more people in the car, we could switch off driving. We didn't. I drove the entire way. But uh, we could have if we if we wanted to. Um, uh, it's not so much that I don't trust the other people I was driving with, but uh, I know how I drive, and and no, I'm just I, I got nothing for it. It was, it was more just uh, I happened to to do it. It's like yeah, I'm awake. I'll do it. No big deal. So that's like five hours, uh, both ways, to get there from our location. So a bit of a drive. Oh, like here, Chicago. Yeah. That, that it is. So now I had a distinct impression in my mind of Cleveland. Uh, I had actually been through Cleveland when I was younger, but it's long enough ago I didn't have a, a clear memory. But I had been through Columbus several times in the last several years. And two friends I had somewhat unfairly described Columbus as the armpit of the nation. Uh <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a there was a, a time going to Origins, uh, one of the worst convention experiences I've ever had. That was in Columbus. Well, Columbus has uh, a professional soccer team. Yeah, yeah, that's and a professional hockey team. It's a saving grace. Now, I went to Origins other years in Columbus, and it was fine. It was just one instance, and it, of course, colored my perspective unfairly. So I was kind of going in with a little bit of trepidation. It's like, well, Cleveland's bigger than Columbus is. And I've heard, you know, less than favorable things about Cleveland. Uh, I don't know. Drew Carey likes it. Well, yeah. It was nice. It was super nice. I mean, down. well, to be fair, I only went to the downtown area. But the downtown's fantastic. I mean, it's really pretty. It's got great architecture. Um, I know I wrote a little bit about it in, in the pros and cons blog that we do. But it's 
it was really nice. They have a fantastic library that was about halfway between the, the hotel we were staying at and the convention center. It looked, it looked like the Triskelion from uh, Winter Soldier almost you know, in miniature a little bit is what it reminded me of. There was a, uh, a museum, a Federal Reserve Museum. I'm not really sure what you would see in a Federal Reserve Museum, or maybe it was a State Reserve Museum. Uh, here, I have a buffalo nickel, but... <laughs> uh, a, a copper penny, you know? Who knows? But there were a couple of interesting statues that must have been part of a larger piece that were outside of it. It's just kind of what you expect, you know, the, the grand statues. But the thing is, each one of them had something in one of their hands, and one of them had an arm, and the other one had a leg. <laughs> so it's like, hmm. oh, banking, you know, like anything else. It's an arm and a leg to, to do anything. Uh, so, but... Interesting. Nice, nice city. The, the convention center was really quite nice. Um, so for people that are not familiar with what Wizard World is, and we probably talked a little bit about this in our previous episode, but not, uh, well, I should say previous episode, but the previous installment of the episode, but we didn't go into great detail. It is a convention that uh, uh, grew out of the Wizard magazine. Uh, ended up actually turning into the Wizard World Convention, sort of. So it's a, it is a comic convention at its heart, but has kind of morphed over the years a little bit and is very heavy on the celebrity presence of the individuals that they invited to. And you can tell just from the main hall of where everything is, the center of it is just the tables for all of the different celebrities that are that are present. And it seemed thematic in who they wanted to invite, to, at least to a certain extent. The, ma the vast majority of individuals they, they brought this year were associated in some way, shape, or form with the show Charmed or the show Smallville. Now, that wasn't true across the board because Cato Kalin has nothing to do with either of those. Neither did Thomas Nicholas. But... Um, you know, that's that's pretty much... And there were some other exceptions, too. But uh, you, you could pretty much link each and every one of them to kind of those two shows for the most part. Nice. Um, important question. Um, was Morph a character that was in the X-Men cartoon an actual real character or just one specifically made for the cartoon? That's a question I was not expecting you to ask. Um, to my memory, and this is... Now, as we're recording close to the midnight hour after a long day of other work and other interviews, my memory is that Morph was indeed a character from the comics. Now, whether that preceded the show or whether it was after the show, I don't remember. <laughs> it's been too long. But I know that character was in the comics. I'm just not sure whether it was life imitating art. No? Art imitating art? Whichever way you want to look at it. I don't know which came first on that one. I, I'm pretty sure it was in the comics first, but without actually taking the effort to look it up on Google right now, eh, I don't know. Okay, so back to your <laughs> uh, the the majority of the people. So some Charmed, Smallville. Yeah, Matt Ryan, uh, the, the gentleman that plays uh, Constantine on the television shows. And actually, the animated uh, as well. Um, 
you know, it, it was really kind of neat. Now, as you kind of go in this, this fairly, I mean, I'm not going to call it a massive floor. I really wish you could have been there. I was kind of hoping that you would be because this was going to be our slow progression to get you prepared for Gen Con when it comes up because we dipped our toe into NWI. And so my next thought is, okay, now let's take you to something with a little bit more size to it to kind of get you ready. And that's kind of the next step. The The size of Wizard World uh, encompasses several thousand people rather than several hundred people. And it's, it's a completely different animal when you go to a convention like that because this one really wasn't, it wasn't so busy that you felt that you were just smashed up against other people, but it definitely had a large crowd and there were going to be lines. If you wanted to talk to Sean Astin, you're going to be in line for a little while. If you wanted to talk to uh, uh, Jason Momoa, first of all, you better get there on Saturday. He's only there on Saturday. There's a not... There's a huge line, but that line is comprised completely of people that paid in advance to see him. If you didn't pay in advance specifically for him, you weren't going to see him. I would have just asked Sean Astin what he thought about uh, Elijah Wood in <laughs> Lord of the Rings movies. I already know the answer to that. If you've seen the extended cut behind the scenes stuff, you know he's he's been very clear about how all that went. Uh, but uh, and I've seen that all of it. And several interviews. I very much wanted to talk to Sean Astin, but it was he was one of a handful of people's like, I'm not getting anywhere near him. It's it's I would have to spend a good chunk of my day just waiting. And even then I'm not going to have the opportunity to interview him so much as just say, Hey, thanks for being awesome and an Encino man and uh, <laughs> a handful of other things. Uh, I did get to make uh, I made a fool of myself in front of Tom Welling, which was fantastic. And I've already told that story, and I'm not going to go over that again. But uh, uh, I really wanted to talk to him too. But uh, you know, you kind of you really have to juggle your time because it this this type of convention, uh, because it is focused around the the people that are there. There are a series of panels and a, a series of workshops. Those are really the things to do that you go to. So there is a charm panel, there is a Smallville panel, there is a Kevin Conroy panel if you wanted to. Originally it was going to be Kevin Conroy and John Glover, I believe, but because Kevin Conroy couldn't make it until Saturday, they kind of had to change things around a little bit. But if you wanted to hear some stories to get a chance to ask them a question, you go to these panels. And there's no cost for the panel, but there's no guarantee you're going to get a seat either. Not unless you pay extra to be VIP. I was mildly concerned about this because I had heard stories of other conventions where people would camp in the rooms where these panels were going to happen, and they weren't required to move, so they didn't. And new people just would not get a seat. Um, and that's... Seems excessive. Yeah, a little bit. But, you know, we just talked to somebody a little while ago that talked about... Uh, people bringing suitcases of comic books for for a guy to sign, not thinking of the people in line behind them. So a lot of people are selfish in nature. Um, that being said, not an issue with Wizard World. There was not a single panel that you could not get a seat at. Even the one that I expect probably drew the most people, which was a Smallville panel, there's plenty of seats for everybody. Every, you could get in there, and it was so much fun. I, I was kind of worried that it might be a little boring. Nope. It, it was like 
like a family reunion with people that you wish were in your family kind of a thing. And the stories that they told and the interaction they had, it was, it was, it was super fun. Even the smaller ones, like with the gentleman that plays Constantine, he had some great stories. I only got to see about the last half of that one, but he was, he, he was great. I mean, the, these guys know, I mean, I guess it shouldn't be surprising. They know how to keep the attention of the people in the room to make it worth uh, the while of, of watching that. So you're going to have those things that you want to do. And then the main floor is kind of to fill time between those things or to get the autographs or whatever it is that you're, that you're wanting to do. So you want to take a picture next to one of the dragons from how to train your dragon. It was there. Or, uh, you know, the DeLorean for some reason was also there. Uh, somebody made a comment. It's like the DeLorean's at every geek fest. You just got to have a DeLorean. So, I mean, you could get uh, praline pecans. You could get uh, chocolates that were being sold on the floor. I, I picked up a fantastic uh, metal mug that ensured that I had soda for the whole day as free refills when you got the mug and you can bring it back and pay for free refills the next day. For I have plenty of sugar and uh, carbonation and their, their root beer was fantastic. Wait, you had to pay for free refills? Well, you pay once and then you get free refills for the rest of the day. So, so you buy the mug for like 30 bucks and then you get drinks with it for the rest of the day. You bring it back the next day, seven bucks, and you get as much as you want. You bring it back to the next convention, seven bucks. And you get as much as you want, which sounds like a lot, but in convention terms, that's a steal. Hmm. I could see that. I mean, go to any place where you want to get something to eat or drink, and it's closed off like that. Baseball yeah. game, basketball game, convention. That's where you make that money, son. Yeah. It's yeah. all, all that stuff is just straight profit, especially, gosh, especially a drink of some sort. That is 100 it's it's so much markup. Liquid money. Oh, my gosh. You're just drinking dollars. It's great. Yeah. I, I've often thought that I need to get in on that action at some point. But uh, so, truthfully, you could wander the floor, and if the only thing you did was wander the floor, you could get a good day out of that because there was plenty of stuff. Artists and authors and cosplayers and a little game area and a little video game area and pictures and knickknacks and uh, several groups of people that were uh, charitable organizations uh, centered around like Star Trek and Star Wars and G.I. Joe and uh, Ghostbusters and, and that sort of thing. And for some reason, State Farm. Uh Interesting. Was James Harden there? No, no, no. They mm. just very much wanted to ask you some questions and try and switch you to State Farm. That was really one of only two booths that I did not understand why they were present. I don't know how they managed to make their way into it. At the larger conventions, I'd never see anything like that. But maybe maybe they just like, hey, we'll pay this much money to, to try and make it there. Okay. I uh, like the... Uh, uh, Army recruiters were there too for some reason. Now, State Farm, I can see what's in it for them. That makes absolute sense. Try and at least convert a handful of people, you'll make some money off of that. But the Army recruiters, for this group of people, you are targeting the wrong people. It's either kids, so you're not going to get anything out of them, old people, you're not getting anything out of them. Or if they're in the right age range, they are not in shape enough to get anything from them. Or not 
interested. Exactly. So I, I'm not really sure what they're they were thinking on that one. But uh, so yeah, I had I had so much fun. Had a chance to talk to some fantastic people. In the previous episode, we had the interview with John Glover and uh, uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas. In this particular episode, we've got the interview with Elena Huffman, who is one of my favorite people. Period. Um, has been well before this particular uh, convention. And I, I've, I've told the story before, but I'm going to tell it again because it's one of my favorite stories. You know, I mentioned how much uh, the Origins convention was a mixed bag, right? Mm. So in one of the Origins conventions where it was an excellent convention because I was, A, uh, with more than one person, uh, the group of us, there was, a, there was a group of about like nine or ten of us that were all at the convention at the same time. Origins is primarily a convention about playing games. Uh, that is the whole reason you are there. There are hundreds of events to play games. The whole main floor is about finding new games and a variety of other things that go along with that. So that's what we were doing for the most part. But occasionally, they do get special guests. And Elena Huffman was a guest a number of years ago. Um you know what? I'm not going to tell the story now that I think about it because I, I do it in the interview. <laughs> it's good so, so maybe that's the lead-in to uh, to talk about uh, uh, to talk about Elena Huffman. Now she's been in just a ton of different stuff. I mean, uh, she's she's had small parts, large parts in a variety of different things. So she was in Smallville, and she's in that Smallville panel because she was Black Canary. Uh, she was in Stargate Universe, which in a lot of ways is my favorite Stargate just because it took such a radically different turn. And it was her, and it was Lou Diamond Phillips, and it was... Lou Diamond Phillips. Right? I mean, and it had... Uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name. He went over to Once Upon a Time, played Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, I feel terrible about that. Yeah, he's, that he's, guy. Don't be like that. I'm I'm men- mentally on. Uh, well, I know who you're talking about, Robert Carlyle. Carlyle, thank you. Yeah. He is one of my favorite actors. Another person I would love to talk to because he's he's fantastic in everything. Train spotting. Yeah, and so I mean, imagine this. I mean, and that's just a couple of the names. There are more than that. Ming Na Wen was in Stargate Universe. If you're familiar with uh, Agents of Shield and. You know she you know kicks butt in so many of the stuff, uh, so many of the the things that she's in. So I mean this fantastic piece that never got allowed to finish, uh, even though it was excellent. Uh, she was in uh, Supernatural uh, as uh, the main villain of like season nine, ten. I lose track. But uh, so yeah, so she's super nice, and uh, I think that you will enjoy our little conversation that we have here. I have the opportunity to speak with Elena Huffman again. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me for just a few minutes here on this fairly uh, brisk day in Cleveland. Yes, it's not warm. No, but uh, I saw you had the chance to uh, stop by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I did. That was amazing. It was so, what a great experience. Have you ever been before? No, it was my first time. Uh, Michael and Sean went last night and they were like, they got their own little tour and I was like, oh, man, I already went, but enjoy. And they had a great time, too. What was your favorite part? Um, I loved all the videos. I spent a lot of time watching the American Bandstand stuff. And then I loved um, the the main video that they show. There's the guitar solo with Prince. And it was like, at the end, it's a solid two minutes of... I've watched it again on YouTube with Tom Petty and Prince playing. But 
you can really hear Tom Petty and everything on the YouTube video, and in that, it's just Prince's guitar solo. Yeah, he was kind of amazing. Anytime I had a chance to watch him, especially if it was live, I, I had to take advantage of it. Absolutely. What a genius. Yeah, he was crazy. So, I wanted to ask a few questions. I, was try, I always try to just uh, dig a little bit and find out some things because I've been, I have personally been watching you for a number of years and uh, have enjoyed the variety of different shows that you've been a part of. Thank you. But one thing that I didn't realize is that, uh, that you started pretty early. Uh, yeah. in your career 13 was it yeah uh-huh. so so how did that come about did you just got kind of get bitten by the acting bug you take some classes or do a camp or did you just decide this is something that was going to be interesting um i did a little bit of children's theater um i i can't even remember i think i was like 11 or 12 at the time and i found a theater company it wasn't part of school or anything and I asked my mom to drive me out there, and I tried out, and I got a lead in one of the plays, and yeah, I just had fun with it, and I didn't really plan to pursue it. Uh, then we moved across the country, and then I was approached in a mall and asked if I was interested in modeling, um, and a couple months later, I was living in Japan, and I was doing, I was working as a model for the next several years, and then, um, and then sort of my early 20s I was living in Texas I had just moved from Europe and my agency there was saying you know we're noticing a big shift from modeling into acting there's more and more actors on the covers of magazines and less and less models and would you be interested in acting and I was like yeah I used to do that when I was a kid and uh, so I just started doing movies and uh, Austin was becoming quite a little movie hub and I did a bunch of independent movies in Texas and then I, I moved to LA that is something I saw as a common theme as I looked at the variety of different guests that they've got here uh, over the weekend. There was a lot of shifting from the modeling to the acting. And did yeah. it take some real getting used to, or was it just kind of a, a comfortable, seamless flow? Yeah, it was fine. Uh, I think for me, I, I naturally, instinctually am an actor. Um, I actually recently, have, I've been art directing a lot of photo shoots that I've been doing just for fun, and it's it's reconnected me with that kind of passion. Um, I feel like in this Instagram era, everything's about looking great, and and when I got the chance in the last few months, I've just been reaching out and collaborating with friends of mine who are great photographers. That's what I used to do when I was in my early 20s. Like, it's creating art. So it's all sort of a creation process. Um, and so for me, that, that was, you know, whatever I do in photographs, I, I, I build a character. And I take a character into, into the, theatrics as well. So, so they play together for me. I, I, I saw also with, uh, with the traveling that you did with, uh, with, with the modeling was pretty extensive and, and doing it yeah. at, a, at a young age. That, what was it like to kind of grow up? in an environment where it's more non-traditional you didn't go to did you i mean i assume you had to probably tutor yeah i homeschooled yeah what did that did that make you feel was it was it kind of isolating sometimes or was it um i don't have a reference uh, right so i don't i don't know my no, experience <laughs> right my experience is my experience um I don't regret it. I, now my kids are growing up very traditionally. Um, I say that, but they've been all over the world and they're on their third passports. Um, so they're growing up very traditional for me. And I have no issue taking my kids out of school and going to New Zealand for a month. Um, the school, on the other hand, doesn't like it. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm finding myself all the time like fighting with them. So uh, 
yeah, it's it's again. I don't I don't have a reference point. I don't regret it. I my experience was mine, and I'm grateful for it. Did you have anyone that kind of mentored you as you were kind of getting into either the the acting or the or the modeling that you really appreciated kind of the the advice and the direction that they gave? Um, yeah, I mean, growing up, like I would live in models apartments. So an agency usually had three or four models apartments in the city and you would rent rooms from them. And so I always was paired with somebody uh, that I learned from that lived in a different from a different, you know, they're from a different country, spoke a different language usually. Um, no one that I particularly sought mentorship from as an adult. I am actively seeking mentorship from typically women that are like 15, 20 years my senior now at this phase in my life. I'm like, what do I want to do now? I'm, I'm sort of in this reinventing. I'm, I'm doing a course right now. I'm just always wanting to learn. And, um, you know, there's some great men in my life as well. And I have a lot of wonderful men that I draw from. But I'm particularly interested in a lot of times the women that I seek mentorship from have made a significant transition at my stage in life, late 30s, early 40s. They've had kids, they've been married and divorced, they've switched careers. Um, and so it's something that I can relate to. Uh, yeah, so that, actually that's a phase of, of life I'm in right now, actively. Well, that's got to be exciting though, too, at the so same time. So exciting, yeah. So I wanted to kind of throw back. I know I, uh, I took an opportunity, part of what we do on the podcast is talking about comic books and more specifically comic book movies and I threw up that a lot of people may not have realized that you were in Painkiller Jane mm. uh, uh, a, a while back now. It was a long time ago. Did you realize when you were going into that 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 was a comic book associated uh, sort of a thing? Or did Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the creator of the comic book was an active creator on the show. Uh-huh. So we, you know, I know Jimmy well and he, he was actively um, involved. Less so towards the end. I think they, they deviated a little from his vision but they had tried to make the show three or four times and we finally got it done they had done a movie i think they had they had cast a pilot but not shot it previously and then we actually got the show made so um i think it's a great i i hope they reboot it it's you know they've got a huge mythology to pull from uh it's a really cool character with the, the graphics and the way that we have access to um to uh, CG right now is um, I think it could be made so much better you know yeah it was it was it was kind of different for the time that it came out in uh-huh. and it was it was um, I don't know visceral if, yeah. if that's the right word for it but I know I always enjoyed it so did being involved with that project or were you already um, did, did it influence you to become any sort of a fan of comic books at all so a big part of my upbringing when I was working as a model, I was living in Japan, and it, they've got a huge anime, of course. So I was always intrigued by that. It wasn't something that I... I wasn't like a comic book collector or active reader or anything like that, but of course it's intriguing. Um, later when I got into genre television, particularly when I did Smallville, and I realized like a great character like the Black Canary, I. I really did sort of delve into her storyline and I love that storyline. We didn't get to tell it as great as I wanted to on Smallville. They just didn't develop that character. Yeah. I'm glad they've got a few canaries on Arrow right now. I don't know what they're doing with them. Yeah, I sometimes think they have an embarrassment of wealth with the new DC television shows. Yeah, yeah. And she's a cool character. Like, to me, that's a character that should be told about. Like, I mean, I love all the very dominant characters that are, you know, Wonder Woman, of course, it's great to have that impact on society. 
but the Black Canary to me is a, a phenomenally complex character. She's she's very real. Like she's she's a badass. She works really hard. She doesn't like uh, she does have her superpowers, but it doesn't make her a better person. It almost sort of works against her. She has this crazy like codependent, lovesick relationship with the Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Like it's a great story to tell, and I'm I really I was really grateful to be a part of that. That being said, when I got into that world, I created my own comic series um, with a writer out of the UK called Tony Lee, and uh, we did a graphic novel called Agent Mom. Excellent. Yeah. I, I was kind of hoping you would kind of kind of lead into that for me. So yeah. I that. And that was when, so that was MTV. MTV wanted to make this initiative for like geek culture. They had MTV Geek. They approached me. Um, you know, we all sort of collaborated, and it was a really cool concept. I, it's it's now no longer. But um, basically, the graphic artists and and you know creators, we released four pages every week, like an episode, and at the end we had a 112-page graphic novel. That had to be had to be a lot of fun. So much fun, Did so much fun. It was a great collaboration. Uh, it, you know, it wasn't not work. It was work, and it was a lot of con- conflicting ideas and you know creative conflictions, but uh, but a great learning experience, and I'm so grateful for it. So, so you've kind of been on this. You've been in. You've been in the uh, geek bubble. As I like to say I've earned my geek cred. Yes, you most certainly have. Yeah. So, you know, straying a little bit from the the comic books. Um, I know I talked with you a number of years ago uh, about Stargate Universe mm-hmm. specifically of the shows that you were involved with. Uh, I may be uh, smacked in the back of my head. That's my favorite one that that you did. Thank you. I love it as well. So I won't smack you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> so on on Stargate Universe, you, it was not only kind of coming into uh, a series that already had a pedigree with the mm. previous shows that uh, existed, but it was trying to break the mold and go in a slightly different, uh, more serious direction, more drama-driven uh, direction that had. Uh, repercussions that went from episode to episode. Yeah. Was it a different kind of environment to 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 go from something that might be considered more episodic to to be in something like that? I mean, it seems like you had some prep with some of the other work that you did. Yeah, to go into more serialized nature of yeah. a show. Um, yeah, I. Um, that was a, such an interesting experience because coming into this, you know, pre-existing fandom, um, and we weren't warmly received mm. you know we were literally like we were picketed people would spit on me when I was going to work it was nasty there were like entire you know websites dedicated to how horrible we were um, so it was very weird because we actually thought we were making a great show and we loved each other I still have lifelong friends from all of the shows by the way we're all friends like we all like you know I was here with Jason this weekend and Joe was supposed to be here like we're all we're all close it's I'm really good friends with Jewel State and I love Rainbow and Amanda and Tapping and I had coffee the other day so like it's not like we all hate each other no. <laughs> um, so where my gripe is with um, with sci-fi and then with the fandom behind the Stargate franchise is to me if you really support the writers and the creators I didn't understand why they couldn't get behind the writers and support them in this next journey and what I'll say to that is that what what happens a lot of times is people will come up to me in the first few years it was a lot of animosity people were very angry and they came, they would come up to me and they'd be like I hate you I wish you guys would never be on the air and I was like oh gosh well have a wonderful weekend <laughs> and then 
as the years pass, people will be like, you know, um, I, re- I really like your show. And I was like, <laughs> why are you whispering? And then it became like, again, years later, I really didn't want to like the show, but I liked it, and I'm really upset that it got canceled. So had we just sort of embraced it from the beginning and and you know it's like that 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 old adage of like celebrate what's here not what's gone um i think it would have lasted that's really unfortunate especially in geek culture it seems that uh passions run strong for yeah. positive or negative mm-hmm. and just just having the opportunity to show love to anybody that is making something mm-hmm. that is potentially going to enrich the the people around them that's something to be celebrated i think so too uh and again, I, I thought we were doing really good work. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what language was was used to, you know. I, I think that there was some offense made to the fandom, and for that, I, I apologize. I, I don't know. Nobody wants to feel isolated or, or not included. Um, and I, I feel like maybe that's where the the initial offsetting was. The other thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is that. They wanted an overlap of Atlantis, and when SG-1 and Atlantis ran simultaneously, it was very difficult. It was very difficult to create a quality product. Mm-hmm. And they were sharing cast, and this, the crew was, was too overutilized, um, and they just couldn't focus on making a great sh- one great show. And so they didn't want to do that, but they had come to the end of their arc on SGA. From what I understand. Well, and the thing that, that, that gets me, at least, is you don't want to have the exact same show Correct. over again. You want to tread some new ground. Everything about Stargate Universe was new and wonderful in, in a great way. It had a, a darker cinematography. It had a lot of uh, interactions that you wouldn't normally get between uh, the, the characters within the show. I mean, the cast was particularly yeah. excellent. I, I, I well, can't. we've got like Robert Carlyle at the helm was pretty amazing. Okay, oh, sorry. Well, then I will wrap this up as I don't want to dominate too much of your time. And I probably would be remiss if I didn't ask just a little bit of your work on Supernatural. What was your yeah. favorite part uh, being able to play such a uh, dominant villain? She was so much fun. Uh, I like to say that she became. I did not create her. I don't take any credit for her. Um, And I'm so, so grateful to be a part of the Supernatural family. Um, I've made such beautiful friends. I've been all over the world with that show. Um, I I was worried coming from Stargate walking into this and being a bad guy. I was like, oh my God. And they invited me to a convention. I was like, no way. I'm gonna get beat up. And they loved me, and they continue to show love and support. And I'm just—I'm so incredibly grateful. I'm—I'm I'm just in awe of the beautiful family that's been cultivated all over the world from this little show. Well, thank you so much for taking just a few minutes to talk with me, and I—I I wish you the best, and hopefully, I'll see you again here in the future. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. I appreciate it. So, as you can see, fantastic lady, lots of fun things to say. Just too cool, right? Super cool. <laughs> so, all right. So that was just uh, that was just a fun little uh, interlude we had. But considering that you've heard a little bit of an interview from her now, and you've heard a little bit of an interview from John Glover uh, two episodes back, uh, as I briefly mentioned, both of them were in a panel with uh, Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum and uh, 
now I'm having that mental seizure again. Uh, fantastic lady that played uh, Supergirl on the series. Vandervoort. Thank you. All right, let's redo that because I'm not going to fuck up her name that badly. No, not going to happen. Potty mouth. Hey, hey. Erase it like it never happened. Nobody will ever know. Actually, I can do that on, gonna, on this. You're going to create this. I have this feeling you're going to create this list. You know, We're going to have been doing this for like 10 years. It's like, I have a special episode that's just an hour of Ken cursing throughout the different episodes. We'll have the one clip, which was just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <Jones>. Shit. <laughs> And we're back. <laughs> if I haven't, uh, you know, ruined the hearing of anybody, uh, as you could tell from the previous clip that Elena Huffman is just a fantastic lady, and we really were appreciative of her giving a little time to uh, find out a little more about her and some of the projects she's been uh, worked with. And, yeah, just I was so excited. I, I, I have to admit, I mark out a little bit because she's, She's one of my favorites. And and also, um, not on the normal interview day, too. Time frame, right? And we're starting over. <laughs> we're not going to bring that up. Because... I thought uh, we talked about that in one of the other ones, didn't we? Uh, 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 uh. No, Jerry, Jerry Milani uh, was... Uh, I don't think we did. Did we? I thought we? I thought you mentioned that. Did I? think I did. Let's let's just be safe and not not talk about it because I want to stay on good good terms with them just in case. Just in case. <laughs> All zero of you. <laughs> so okay, let's try it again. And we're black. Wait, no, 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 that's right. look at that. That's uh, impressive. <laughs> and we're back. So as you could hear, a uh, fantastic interview with a fantastic lady. We, uh, we were very excited, or maybe I should say I was very excited because I'm, uh, I'm a bit of a fan of hers to begin with. And it was, it was a great chance to just get to know her a little bit better and, and see some of the excellent stuff that she was involved with. And uh, it was great. So. so she was part of the panel that we spoke of briefly. Just a kind of a, a fun little grouping of Smallville people. Had uh, John Glover, who we've also talked to briefly. Had Tom Welling. And it had... Yeah, he is, he is definitely Superman. Uh, and uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Now, talking about he is definitely Superman. Dude still has guns. I mean, he, it's not something that I normally comment on, but... My word, uh, he uh, he has kept it kept it in shape and it still looks fantastic. Every bit the Superman that he was before. He must work out. Uh, I think so. And you know, we're still watching through season three of, of Lucifer, which he is in. So that may be kind of why. But um, but also uh, Vandervoort, or Vandervoort was in it. So just a really cool grouping of people that obviously had a lot of fun together and it kind of shows in, in the interactions that they have. So we're going to play just a portion of the panel. We're not going to do the entire thing. The panel was an hour long. You can find the whole panel with video if you want, but we just want to play a little, little section of it to give you kind of a taste of what it's like to be at a panel at one of these conventions. 
Maybe a quarter panel? <laughs> it kind of will be, won't it? But uh, that, is, that is an excellent joke. But with no further ado, on to the panel. to start a new play in New York, and he's very busy. Longer, folks. My father. <laughs> and there's no one in the world who has quite the effective touch on Michael as John does. That's true. It's very true. It's really nice. Michael loves to be touched. <laughs> loves to be touched. <laughs> FYI. He thrusts his fists against oh, the post. just thrusts. Too much, too soon. That's, that's Shakespeare, y'all. That's not dirty. That's Shakespeare. That's what it is. Um, okay, so when when Smallville began, it, it really kind of kickstarted a culture. Were you at all aware of what you were getting into? It really started when um, when we got around to bringing on the, the character Black Canary. Well, that's hello. really what kind of started everything. That's like the only time of the show that mattered, is what you're saying. I agree. <laughs> that was fun. It was fun. I had fun. Do you have fun? I had a lot of fun. Thank I asked you. you to go to a Thanksgiving dinner with me. <laughs> you did. And then you said, I'm married with four kids. And I, <laughs> At the time, I only had two kids. He, he invited me to Thanksgiving dinner, and Tom's like, it's only lonely people. <laughs> it is. Like every year, 30 lonely people come to Thanksgiving. You weren't lonely. In LA, we call it Friendsgiving. 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 It's beautiful. You were there once. I applaud you for your Friendsgiving. Is that you could go on like that for was, hours. So was that your direct answer? Hey, would you like to come over to my house and make some friends over Thanksgiving? I'm married with four kids. <laughs> and Michael's, and Michael's like, 
didn't say bring your husband. We just rescinded the offer. We're not friends, clearly. She read the room. She knew the flirt when it was coming. She's like, nah, nah, nah. Well, if there was internet back then, I could have looked her up and knew she was married. Yeah. Right? But couldn't do it. The way back. I'm single now, though. Well, uh, hello. <laughs> November's just around the corner. Somebody <laughs> Also lonely? No, you're not lonely, although she does live in Blaine. Uh-oh. She lives in Blaine. Blaine. Wow, holy outing. <laughs> Jesus. Blaine's a city. It's like, I, you know, I live in Los North Crescent Street. Yeah, yeah. No mail sent there, please. Thank you. But getting back to your question, um, I, I do. I looking back now, I have no idea what the hell was going on. It was all so, so much, so fast. But I think we all kind of knew it was something a little special. Um, I mean, obviously, Michael and I, out of everyone here, were were there at the beginning. But I think John and Laura. You, you guys must have had to, made a decision to, to come on to the show at one point. So I would think you guys probably referenced the show and were like, oh, it's not so bad. Actually, John was from the beginning. The yeah, pilot. Yeah. Wait a minute, I was in the pilot! <laughs> I, don't, I just don't think we worked together. Yeah. a long time ago. I made a decision. I thought they said somebody dropped out and they called the day before and said, you want to come to Vancouver? and be in a show about Clark Kent before he became super. We're not supposed to say that. <laughs> he's never gonna wear the tights. Cause he's a little bow-legged. <laughs> Just a little, it's sexy though, it's sexy. But, um, you know, so I came. And there was Michael. Stop it, Michael. Oh, oh my god, you're 12. This is a family event. This is not a pornicon. So let's turn our minds around right now turn your mic and get familiarized. You know my favorite episode? Remember when Jonathan taught him how to curb his, his, his sexual powers because he, he'd get horny? I'm not, I, I, I'm sorry, that's the red kryptonite and yes. on the radio they wouldn't let me say you get horny with red kryptonite. Right. But when Clark would get horny, he'd like start fires and the bulletin board <laughs> would catch on fire. That was my favorite episode of all. That's funny, I was It was really about something real and they had the, pardon the expression, balls to do it. That's not, that's not embarrassing at all, is it? Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a method actor, I don't really <laughs> Happened. Laura, do you remember your first day on set? I feel like this is You're going to have to project. My first day on set? Yeah, oh. when you first came to this. It's very hard to be a guest star coming on to yeah, like a family. Yeah, Was it the first day that day that I said that I remembered you doing that? The thrusting thing? What? Yeah. So John and I never had a, a scene together, but he watched me. <laughs> and he was telling me about a scene that I did. Did Tom direct it? Was that... Like she was tied on a, on a, on a, on a, you know, like a thing in a hospital all down. Your and man Tom so kind of right came now. and said, you sort of, I mean, should I do it? Here we go. Yeah. Careful, well, careful. I sort of have to do. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and she just sort of did. She just did. I we all just got genius. pregnant. So I was watching her all the time after that. She, you want to show him? No. <laughs> I don't. I don't actually remember that. Were you scene. nervous though, first day? I yeah, I was nervous. I was a fan. I watched the show. I came in season seven, and uh, I mean Tom Welling. Hello. So. Hello. 
I was really nervous. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but I also didn't know who Supergirl was when I auditioned. I know. I, but I thought she was Clark's sister. Okay. So I was really You bummed. didn't know your character was Supergirl. I, I knew that she was Supergirl. I didn't know the history. I was like, oh, Superman must have a sister. You know, I didn't know the relation. And then I looked into it and researched. Um, and then I was very excited to play a female Supergirl. Oh, I've never played a cousin before. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's exciting. That no, but I had no idea the impact it would have, Supergirl. So it's, uh, it was great, but I was nervous. Everyone was really nice. Um, and I still hang out with Kristen Crook in Toronto. I think she's going to start doing conventions, too, so you guys are going to yeah, get Yeah, you're, wel you're welcome. Yeah. Rosie's the reason we're all doing this. Well, I got you to do it. I, that's what I just said. Yeah, was that commission? I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure I was telling you to do it, too, Tom. And Laura. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. My sister cousin. <laughs> These ceilings are hideous. How do you really feel, Michael? Tell us are this. they artsy? They look like they're just old and bent out of shape. Kind of like... <laughs> Much like you. <laughs> you, be, you beat me to the punch. See, I didn't want to insult anybody, so I refrained, and she just bitch slapped me. So, the training that you had to undergo for this show, uh, how much of it was physical versus just your typical acting career? Uh, well, for my character, we didn't use any visual or special effects at all. Or some people. <laughs> but for Michael's character, I remember it was in the pilot where Clark goes down and saves Lex from his Porsche, and that was a very funny experience because we were just getting to know each other, and I got the luxury of sort of sitting on top of the water until action, and I would swim down, and Michael's pinned down in, in, in the car seat, if anyone, if anyone here well, they, the show. They put weights on me to hold me down. Them out. But he's down there with scuba gear until they say action. And Michael doesn't like being underwater. And so I remember just sitting on the side Dad. of the tank, all relaxed, being like, oh, all I have to do is swim right down there. What's with this guy being afraid of being underwater? Like, I didn't really get it. Dude, it's a 12 foot tank, murky, dark. You just hear a loudspeaker. I get that. The, 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 uh, what the, what's the guy with the. No, the, the guy who swims down with you. The guy who swims down with you. Scuba, thank you. And he brings me down to the car, John. And he puts me in, he puts these weights on me, and he goes, leaves me there, and I'm supposed to act dead, and all of a sudden I hear speaker through the water going, Michael, just give us a thumbs up if you can see us, if you can hear us. Okay, let's get the camera. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, when well, we give an action, I want you to start breathing. And all of a sudden, I'm just, I can't see anything. My eyes are shut. I can't open my eyes in this murky water. So I'm just sitting there strapped in this, and I'm scared shit. Like, I'm literally going, no. <laughs> and I, I go back up, and I'm Tom Wilson. He goes, what's going on? I go, I can't do it. They're going to fire me. They're going to fire me. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's like four times, and I'm like, I'm freaking out. It's too much. It's like to be trapped underwater, and like, I can't do it. And like, you helped me like figure it out. I'm like, oh my God, all these things are rushing through my head. I'm gonna drown. No, I'm gonna get fired. Then I'm gonna drown. Then, and then finally I just, I, I somehow pulled it off. I pulled it off, but I was scared shitless, man. Thanks for getting me through that, Tom. And that's the real reason why Lex Luthor hates Superman. Well, yeah, and he didn't actually need any mouth-to-mouth. -mouth. We just, that was, that was just kind of came up. You with laughed that. every time I gave you mouth-to-mouth. -mouth. I'm like, and action, like, it's... <laughs> but his breath was minty fresh. Wouldn't you laugh? Wouldn't you laugh if Michael did that to you? 
Let's find out. Someone do it right now. Right now. Wait, how about Thanksgiving? It's <laughs> months away. You guys were all here for the beginning of this. <laughs> so were you guys fans of the character uh, of Superman and the whole DC Comics uh, whole mythos before you got into this role? No. <laughs> Wait, really? Just, you were no. the Riddler? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't know sort of who the Riddler was. <laughs> but I, I knew he was smart. Hey! And, and he was kind of cocky about it. <laughs> so I can do that. <laughs> Anyone else? What? Um, what? Were you a fan? Were you a fan, Elena? Elena, Elena, were you a fan? Of Superman? Sp yeah. Uh, of Smallville? Superman? Uh, I mean, yeah, who doesn't like Superman? He's hot. Right? Right? He's hot. He's hot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Laura, were you a fan of Superman? Yeah. I honestly was a big fan of horror movies and, and things like that. I, I, I love uh, Christopher Reeves. <laughs> Whoa. 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 Lex. <laughs> acting like a jerk. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I mean, you guys were bigger fans than we were, but, like, I think it helped us not being huge super fans because I think if you know too much, you think too much, I probably would have acted differently and you would have hated it. I, Maybe you hated it anyway. We did some episodes later on where there was sort of a Justice League element. And I remember reading um, one of the episodes, I'm reading the script, and all of a sudden they refer to this character who walks in as Hawkman. And I was like... Seriously? Because <laughs> I don't know he was. And you I was didn't like, know there was a Hawkman. You thought the writer, you thought the writers that, came up with Hawkman. That's the best they could do. <laughs> and then his wings expanded. His I'm like, costume you was be. so crazy too. It was so crazy. The it was Michael Shanks played that character. Yeah. Well, but his remember his costume? Like his wings were like annoying. <laughs> Like, really heavy, like uh, he couldn't wear them for very long. Right, and they're like, so this guy has, let's call it an eight to ten foot wingspan. And we get to set, and okay, he's got the, we only have so much time, the wings are on, here he comes, he's gonna enter with the door, doorways in big enough. Wow. And I'm like, no one thought about the doorway with wow. the wings. It becomes complicated that way. But then, I, then I'm like, what is this Hawkman thing? Oh, it's from the comic books. Well, it's cool in the comics. But now that I'm looking at it on set, <laughs> Good luck, dude! <laughs> a black canary was kind of a goofy thing, right? Yeah. Watch out now. Watch out now. No, 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 I didn't mean you were goofy. I mean, it was like, you know, you had the black makeup. Yeah. You didn't wear a mask. No, they yeah. paint, they, she drew my mask on. But I didn't know who the black canary was. Actually, when I auditioned, I didn't know who the character was that I was auditioning for. It was like, secret sides. And then when I got the job, they were like, we're not gonna tell you who the character is. I was like, how am I supposed to prepare? <laughs> So then they called me and said, well, Gabby, you can't tell anybody. I was like, well, of course. And, and this was like pre-Twitter or anything like that. But then when I Googled her, I was like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Who wears that? <laughs> so is, is, anyone else in the is anyone, anyone else in the audience thinking right now, wow, look at all those people up there who obviously had no idea what the hell they were doing at any given point during this series. But that means that you were naturals at what you did. That's why we love you so. So that's not a bad thing. And Elena, you looked amazing in it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. No, okay, great. One time I had to do a stunt and they put these harnesses on you and you made fun of my butt. You were like, you look like you're wearing a diaper. And I was like, you're an that asshole. Was, that was Glover. Oh. That was Glover. Oh. I didn't say that. What are you talking about, diaper girl? 
I was like, now I have to walk around people. Like 200 guys in my diaper butt. They are so attractive to each other. Well, it, it, it is kind of funny because There's like- There's a harness. Like, like, the wardrobe I had was pretty simple. T-shirt, whatever jeans, you know, and a little jacket. Rosenbaum suit, you know, with, with the hair. So later during the series, when we started getting these characters who were showing up in masks and outfit, Rosenbaum and I, <laughs> the Flash. I'm like, dude. So you got a superhero, and you can wear anything you want. You chose that. Work on your quads. He's like, no, dude. it's because it, the, the, the because the fibers, and when I go through time and space, I'm like, dude, you can wear anything. Well, dude, at least they got a costume. I had like Daisy Duke shorts and yeah. a crop top and a crop top. Yeah, but I now, got nothing. Now all these jackasses, sorry for the call them jackasses. Uh, now all these guys have, they don't even have to work out. They wear these muscle suits yeah. in every Marvel movie, every freaking DC. No one has to work out anymore. I just know, put on a muscle like suit. Out, guys. Just put a <laughs> muscle suit on and go. <laughs> no, remember, do you remember the Hartley? Like Justin Hartley was so grumpy when he was a Green Arrow. He, he had the hood on, remember, he couldn't hear, and he'd be like, huh? <laughs> he hated it. When he was just as Green Arrow, he was so grumpy, but when he was Oliver, he was fine. So he the, hated his costume. One of my funniest, one of the, one I think it was his funniest story, Justin, he gets his family together for the first time to watch the first episode that his Green Arrow is gonna reveal himself in the outfit. And his character walks out onto the street, I don't know who it was, maybe he was you know, squaring off with Clark or somebody, and his line is like, what are you doing here or something? And literally on the TV show, it was, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he said he looked at his family, his family looked at him, and his wife is like, why are you talking like that? He goes, I didn't talk like that. <laughs> I didn't say that line like that. They did that in Pope, what? And he called, he's like, why are you guys doing that? And they're like, well, we just thought it was better. He's like, I sound like Batman. <laughs> yeah, but you don't look like Batman. And so then he got to set, and he's like, should I talk like that on set? And they're like, no, please don't. Please, please don't talk like that. We'll, they we'll do, do that later. with everybody, though. Everybody who plays Batman, I'm sure it's like, they go, I'm Batman. And all of a sudden you hear him like, I'm Batman. Yeah. Right? Except Kevin Connor, of course. Well, of course. Shout out to Kevin Connor. Absolutely. We do have some folks asking or wanting to ask questions, so if you want to go ahead and stand yeah, up you're, and ask allowed, you're allowed to stand up now. <laughs> one at a time. Feel one free. at a time. Keep, the, keep, keep in mind the people behind you. Yeah, so um, last year on the Arrowverse crossover, they introduced, I think, Earth 90. And they brought back the John Wesley ship, 90s Flash, and so that, of course, got my, my imagination peaked. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about, just so you know. I, I know, I know, I know. I, and I know you can't answer anything, but when I saw that picture of Tom and Michael with uh, Stephen Amell, I guess you're doing the wine thing. Oh, yeah. And, and I was like, um, please make this happen. <laughs> so my question is, is there is another crossover coming next year, and it's been about nine years since we saw each of your characters. Mm -hmm. Where do you, th I know you can't confirm whether or not this is happening, but. Uh, but it's a good question. Where, 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 where would you? Yeah, all the questions you could ask. Frame as the one we can't you. answer. Yeah. Frame it as a would you. Yeah. Where would you see your character now after nine years? President. Sorry, John. <laughs> Did you say president? My, Lex would be president. I'd be the president. How about Lex for president? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I need my mic louder. I want to hear myself more. Turn these mics up. Test. Is it back on? Oh, yours, it sounds good. It sounds good. Let's see how yours is. Hello? Yours isn't very loud. There, that's good. Okay. Sorry Thank about you. That. Yeah, where would we be, Tom? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, 
You'd be in space. Do you know what we should do? We yeah, should do a parody. Why don't you and I just do a parody? Go parachuting? No. <laughs> we do a parody of Smallville nine years later where we just do like these little small like... Lex, uh, get up! No, we're two buddies. Stop gambling no, like fortune. No, away. check it out. I've lost my, uh, I'm not smarter anymore, which I can play pretty easily. And Tom, he can't, he has no superpowers. Then we live together in Burbank. And the two of us just, that's it. And it's called. And it's always Superman jokes. It should be. The it's awesome. like, hey, dude, why don't you fly to the Quickie Mart and grab me a beer? Why don't you kiss my ass? Where's your money to buy it? Dude. Nice, nice. Somebody family, family. I always family. said dumbass. Kiss my ass. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I thought you said kiss my s. So that's that, yeah. Thank you. It could be like Let's a. Let's go do go swimming. Sorry, inside joke. You guys do. We're doing this. Would you guys watch that? Yes. Yeah, that is funny. And we got to change the name so Warner Brothers doesn't sue us. I'll be Rex. And you'll be uh, Rex Rufour? <laughs> no, I'll be Rex Tudor. And you're gonna be uh, Mark Snark. Mark Shant. Mark Shant. <laughs> and then my dad will come in. <laughs> He's dead. Sorry, you're right. You're dead. He's a I'll be a vampire. Or is he? So, so where, would, where would Black Canary and Supergirl be in this? Yeah. I could be Clark Clint. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful with that one. Five times fast. <laughs> yeah. Good job, good job. Way to recognize. Way to recognize. Children here. I'm gonna go home and say five times fast, so I know. I just know you're warning me from something. Yes. He's gonna say it five times fast and something scary is gonna appear in the bathroom mirror. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Momo. Oh no. Does that answer your question? Sure. I, for one, would love to see Tom in the tights. I'd love to see Laura. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, who wouldn't like to see Tom? In the tights? Hey. hey. I'd like Me to see too, a, a grown up Laura as Power Girl. I'd like to see. Power Elaine? Girl? Yes. Yeah, Power Girl, the, the, the older version of Supergirl from a different Older? Person. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But, but equally as attractive and sexy. Distinguished? Yeah. Established? Mature. No, no, Cougar. Not, not mature. Cougar Girl. Cougar Girl. <laughs> I'd love to see Black Canary in the tights because the Arrowverse hasn't done that yet, and you're the only person that's done that. Next question! <laughs> and lastly, but for Michael. You want, you want to see him shave his head again? And an heroic Lex Luthor suit. So there you go. Let's make that happen. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you all. Lex for Thank president. Hello. Hi. Um, hello, everyone. My friend really likes Smallville. I do too. She likes it more. My um, question is for Laura on Bitten. Um, what was your favorite part of doing the show? And if it would have continued, where do you think your character would have been? Um, uh, first of all, thank you. I, I had a blast on Bitten. We did three seasons. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on Netflix. Um, and I played the only female, well, he's drinking my wine, I mean water. Uh, <laughs> would you like some wine? I mean water? Yeah, it was great. And you know, the, the boys on the show, are my pack, they're still my brothers. We still keep in touch. Um, in terms of where it would be if we had continued, I think if we followed the books, Clay and Elena would have had some kids. Twins, I guess it was in the books, and uh, I'm not sure where they would have gone from there. I think we had to end it just because we didn't want to get into that part of the story. But uh, you never know, maybe we'll come back. 
Great question. Thank Thanks. You. Thank you. Hello. My name is Rodney. Uh, I've been a fan of Superman since I was a little kid, and seeing Smallville, it was great to see a story that shows that Clark Kent wasn't just uh, disguised, that he actually, it, that was him first. Yeah, some people say that Superman is the disguise, right? Yeah. And uh, like, I'm a huge fan of all of your work. I've followed everything, like your career buildup, you know, like up to, you know, Cain and Lucifer. The ups and downs and the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, I gotta ask questions for each of you for any of those things, but uh, since you're all together, um, was there anything in the show that would have been like character arc or per episode type thing that you would have liked to have seen yeah. in the episode that got cut? We always, I, I, I know Michael and I talked about this, but we always thought it'd be fun to see a younger version of Bruce Wayne visit the series. Definitely would be. <laughs> Mic drop, Mic drop, boom. Uh, Michael, if Bruce Wayne had shown up, would you have fought him? No. I think we're all disappointed by that answer. <laughs> or like Tom fight him, I'd put them against each other. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's what I would do. You would make Batman v Superman? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right, Lisa. If, if he'd been there when I was there, I would have adopted him and, and gotten rid of Lex. Someone write that fan fiction right now. Right now. <laughs> you know, John taught me how to touch people. Whoa, whoa. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm having a I'm... workshop at 5.30 no, this no, evening. No, 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 no. Touch actors. No, no, that didn't come out either. What I meant to say is he showed me how sometimes affection or touching someone's shoulder can add discomfort, can add... Which helped me to my character because he would say, Son. <laughs> Son, you know I love you, son, son. And so sometimes I would start doing it, and it helped, and occasionally, you know, I'd be, you know, the guest star would come on, I'd be like, listen to me, I want you to go out. And the director's like, uh, Michael, it's really weird that you're touching the guest star. I'm like, no, but it's powerful. No, it's just kind of weird. Let's do one without that. Uh, thank you, John. Come in, please, Mike. I think, I, think I, vaguely, I, re I vaguely remember a situation where we were in a scene, it was like Clark Lexon was like the same old thing, and, and you went and you put your hand on my shoulder, and during the scene I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I, I, don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I did that. And we just continued. Tom and I would do something where then the rest of the cast started doing it too. Or we, we had like a thing. If we didn't trust a director that was in or on an episode, we would look at each other and I would go, listen to me, Clark. So tight, he goes. He'd nod his head, which meant do that again. That sucked. <laughs> and I go, let me take that back. And I would do it, and I would look at him, or I'd just go. <laughs> and he would, we would do it again. We'd help each other. Let me go, uh, sorry, let me do that again. Or we'd say, and the biggest voice on the show was Steve Open, our wardrobe guy. Yeah. He would come in there, and he would just like fix you up and go, okay, let me just fix your tie. That sucked. You need to do that. It's <laughs> like, great, thanks. What? what? He got fired. Steve's a good friend of mine still to this day. He got fired because he was, he would like disagree with the director. Like, he's like to the director, um, we got this one. We're good. <laughs> he's like, what? Who's this guy? He's like, oh, he's a wardrobe supervisor. But he was never wrong. He was always right. Yes. 
Eva Hogan, we love her. Shout out, shout out. Hello, Supergirl. Um, the first one, my friend told me that the reason that you never wore the Superman costume, like, at all, is because it's, like, cursed. Is that true? Is that why you never wore it? No, I never wore it. Um, in the beginning, it was, it was literally built into the contract, no flights, no tights. And the reason, because that forced the show to only uh, focus on the character of Clark Kent growing up and not Superman. And that's hopefully what you saw in the series finale was the idea that he finally got to a point where he can make that leap and that your imagination would go there and hopefully in your heart you knew that Superman was out there, but we couldn't necessarily go with him. Um, but yeah, that was literally the reason because in season three they tried to introduce the suit thing right. and I was like, eh, eh. <laughs> And it forced us to really, I think, cultivate a more character-driven show that was, that was more about humans and more about people and finding their place and their identity in the world than it was about whether it was good or evil that we were talking about earlier or whether it was supernatural or even otherworldly. I Hopefully you guys connected as humans to these characters and their struggles. I think that's why it's resonating. What happened? That's how you debate. That was a good one. Hey, by the way, how much time do we have left? I just want to know. There's a reason why. No? Do we have a hand? We have 20 minutes? Okay, because we want to go into this. We like, Tom and I like to do a thing called Spitfire, where so everybody's question, I can go down there and ask questions fast, and we can all answer real fast, so questions go like that, so everybody gets their question. Or we can just so, let people ask questions. Well this, well, this takes a long time. Look, she's the one at a time, the other people are sitting, one's sleeping. It's just these take, this is fun. Let, let, I'll let you continue, but then we're going to change the game. So just one more really quick question. So my family and I, we like grew up watching um, and my dad, he couldn't be here, so he just wanted me to ask you um, if there's ever going to be like a reunion show or like a reboot, even though I know there's not going to be like a reboot, but just like a reunion show. Yeah, it's me and Roosevelt living in a studio apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Elena, what are you doing here again? Where's my cigarette? <laughs> hey, Canary! Ground me a sandwich! Is that a diaper you got on there? Face the turkey. <laughs> Quit touching me, Dad. <laughs> hey, hey. Like hey. Father of Smallville. Hey, Mark. Mark. <laughs> Mark Kent. Where's your dad? Oh, I'm he's dead. <laughs> so terrible. So it's yours. Oh yeah, that's right. That was too bad. It was a good joke. That just got really blue. Hi. Sorry Hello. about that. <laughs> I know you directed a few episodes Seven. of... Yes. <laughs> um, so I was just wondering what that experience was like for you, and then for yeah. the other actors, do you guys think you did a good job, or was it like... I, I love it. The way I looked at it is, um, it's sort of, the, the more the more you kind of understand directing, the more you can sort of understand the acting, and sometimes how and why, you're at, why a director asks you to do something as an actor. You're like, well, that sounds weird. Why do I, I don't want to do that? I'm not motivated by that. And sometimes the actor just needs to go sit on the chair because that's what the shot is, okay? Okay? And that's what we set up for the last two weeks. So just find a way to sit in the chair. Um, but it was fun. And we, we were fortunate, Michael and I both, because we were familiar with the crew and the process of the show. So it was, in a way, sort of bowling with bumpers because we kind of, we sort of had an inside edge. Um, but I really enjoyed it, and I had a lot of fun working with Michael when he was directing. Um, it was just part of the family. It's, it's amazing how... Thank you. 
I, went, I, I directed a movie after that, and it was like this low-budget independent. You really see the difference between doing a show that is all greased, I mean, oiled, ready to go. Everybody knows their positions. Action, you've got, you don't have to worry about anything except the, the moment. Everybody's doing so many. And when you do an independent movie, it's like, it's not the same thing at all. You're trying to get- Nobody's some, doing anything. Where's the prop? We just had a prop. Where's that at? Where's the- it, it, Prop just, master, where's the prop? Uh, I don't yeah. know, I left it right there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you. No running. <laughs> Superman's watching. Hello. Hi guys, I, I love all of you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I think I speak for the majority of the fan base when I say that Transference in season four is one of the best episodes and a huge part of that is the performances from John and Tom and I was wondering what went into your preparation, uh, John for playing Clark and Tom for playing Lionel. Well, we literally, we, John and I were literally having this conversation last night and John said you need to tell this story tomorrow. Do you want to tell it? You want me to tell it? You tell it. You tell it well. Okay. So. We get to set, there's this big scene in the prison. We have all these extras, and there's like tons of people in this prison, big riot scene. And John, John like Lionel Luther's body is inhabited by Clark Kent. And um, John was first up that day when I got to set. In the makeup, they were like, oh, John Glover wants to talk to you on set. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So I go to set. John's in this cell, and he's sort of pacing, and he looks like a tiger. I'm like, uh, John, yeah, what's up? And he goes, Tom, come here. And I come over, and he goes, how do you do it? And I think he was either grabbing me through the bars of the cell, or he was grabbing the, the, the cells, the bar cells, bars of the cell. And he was, how do you do it? And I, what, what, what are you talking about? He goes, how do you play Clark? And I'm like, well, I, I don't, you just kind of, you know, you're, you're there, and you listen, and I mean, I'm, by the way, this is a Tony Award winning actor, probably one of the best actors. Two time any Tony of us, Award two winning. One of the best actors I'll ever meet in my life. <clears throat> asking me anything to do that and I'm nervous answering this question and I'm like you know you just kind of you kind of let it happen you, 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 you don't know what's going to happen and he's like so you do nothing how do you do nothing how do you do nothing and I'm like well John just don't complicate it he goes I complicate everything <laughs> well part of the thing the, the what I had going for me as an actor is Lionel Luther had mannerisms that I went back and I sort of looked at certain things that John did, how he moved, how he moved his hands. How he touched people. How he touched people. <laughs> how he got, you know. And so I was able to do that. Clark doesn't do that stuff. So part of, I think, what we were talking about is Clark is very still. He doesn't, you know, doesn't move much, doesn't pick things up, doesn't. So John didn't really have a lot of physical things to work with. And so I think that was part of the difference. But I, I'm really proud of that episode for, for a number of reasons. And it's fun to watch for me. And it was really fun to play. Especially the scene that we had when we were talking to each other over, over a table. We had, a, it was again, not an interrogation, but a, sort of a, a face-off, so to speak. Um, you could have just told him other things you do, like your character lies a lot. <laughs> wow. He's deceitful to his best friend. You know? Let's not things. get political, right? <laughs> just... <laughs> Just trying to throw it out there. I mean, here we go. go. I don't know, John, time. what do you think? Well, uh, my, my favorite time was, what I used to do was, was uh, sometimes when Tom was there, uh, I, would, I would block the scene. <laughs> I'm sorry, I needed, I might. Just needs attention. All my shoulders are killing me. Michael a hand. Right? My you shoulders are killing me. Anyway, so we would block the scene. I would block the scene for Tom. 
so there was a scene up in the loft of the barn, I think, where he had to go and hug his mother, Martha. Now, at this time, I had the hots for Martha. So when I went to hug her during this scene, I just sort of put my body up real close and just kind of moved oh, like yeah. that. And Annette just sort of went like that, like, son, why are you yeah. rubbing my body like that? <laughs> so that was my, one of my favorite times. <laughs> Speaking of bodies. Hey. Thank you. Are we doing the, the rapid fire now? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Here we go. You might want to stay here. My question's for you. Sound good? Sure. <laughs> yeah, you walked into that one. I can't even save you. Okay, boys. Dad? What? Touch each other. Dad? Okay. Whoa. 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 No, 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 no. That's too much. No, no. Too much. Too much. Oh, no, okay. come on. Don't push. Okay. Careful, careful here. Careful. It's a family affair. It's just got dirty. Um, so, we all knew that you had the best character on the show, in terms of being the most fascinating. Um, you know, pushing it there, but That's fine. Fine. you're really That's pushing it. I didn't hear that. Yeah. The speakers weren't. Is that a question? <laughs> that you had the best character on the show. I thought I had a great character. The best one. Well, thank um, you. I'm curious to know, in terms of you, I saw that your character being portrayed in like three different phases, in terms of being Clark's friend, his frenemy, and then his full-on villain. Which was your favorite to portray and why? Look, first of all, I was very lucky because I got to play a character that evolves and I had seven years to do that. And a lot of times these characters in movies that play Lex Luthor are played. <laughs> I just heard your damn transference story where you do nothing. Where you do nothing. Uh, but it's nice to evolve and see where the character came from. I think most people love the character because they saw where I come from. This father who was overbearing, who probably killed my brother, who killed my mother, who... All these horrible things in my life that happened and they see me evolve and I'm like, oh my god, I feel for this guy. This is why he became this way. He become, he could become good. He loves good. Lana. He, yeah, he's in love with Lana, but now Clark's taking her because he's got a better body. And, you know, and all these things, like, these lies. And so they see, that's, I think that's why I was like, and, you know, it was seven years was a lot because a lot of times we were doing a lot of the same things, you know, but... Whenever I had scenes that were dynamic, when Tom and I had these scenes together, or John and I, where we just went at it, and there was like emotional, it just it, it was it was fun to do, and I was lucky to be able to do that. Appreciate well, it. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead, stand up. Come on. All right. Quick question. Wait, wait. Be, be gentle. Be gentle. Be gentle. Are you stepping on the cave? Don't step on the cave. First of all, go ahead. Here, ask them. It's not easy with the fire. You ask a question, everybody answers. Here we go. Your favorite moment on set. John. What? Favorite moment on set. I just said it when I rubbed a net. <laughs> my favorite moment on set was when I rubbed against a net. Hey! My favorite moment on set was when I rubbed against a net. Okay. My favorite, Laura. Uh, oh God, when uh, I was teaching Tom to fly and he actually fell out of the barn doors on purpose and I was terrified I killed Superman and I was gonna also be fired. But he did it on purpose and he had a gurney she, below. She didn't know that I would, Stunt pads out there, and so in one of the takes, I, I was supposed to run to the side and just kind of stop, and they were going to cut it and make it look like I flew. And one of the takes, I just kept going <laughs> out the bar. All I see is Tom like, just gone, and I'm like, ah. Oh. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. It's like my first week on the set. Elena. Uh, I had this really 
long, stupid line, but it was a red script, so I didn't get it till the night before, and I was working I on another that. series. And so it was this really, I, I still remember it, and I could not remember the line to save my life, and Justin Hartley was like, you can't get away with this. And I finally got to say the line, and Tom was like, that is such a stupid line. <laughs> And it got cut. You guys want to hear the line? Yes, yes. Oh, I should no. be able to uh, impact the scan shift frequency scaling that uses safeguards and directly impact the scan. No, wait. Oh, fuck, I don't remember it. I mean, why do you remember the scan shift frequency scaling that uses safeguards and directly route the thermal algorithms to embed the frequency anomaly to the surface area and subsequently any hardware? Yes, I can do it. Hello! They kept, yes, I can do it. They kept, yes, I can do it, but literally, like, I could not get the line, and Tom was like, this is such a stupid line, they're never gonna use it, why are you even saying this? Well, I meant it like, you don't have to, like, I let's, to, can we all not say this It was this supposed line? to be a joke. Yeah, and especially because like, when funny. she'd say it, Clark was like, huh? <laughs> all right, Tom, so much for rapid fire. Tom! <laughs> Favorite moment on set when um, we did a we did a scene where uh, Laura was supposed to get shot and in, instead of blowing off the uh, the squibs or the impact of the gun we said it was gonna be on one two three and we blew them on two to really get a surprise out of her and it worked. You blew it on two. Yeah, I have post traumatic stress from that. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Anyone's t if someone says the number two, I'm like. What's your question? Hi. Sort of a follow up to that. What was. <laughs> Other guy. Oh. My name is Among. Oh, you're Zorro. Yeah, no, no. No, Zorro. Zorro. Yeah. No, he's not. I'm so the Trick Pirate, Pirate Rock. Ah, yeah. The Trick Pirate Rock. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. You know it. I uh, don't believe you. Alright, so my question is sort of a follow up to hers. Princess Bride. <laughs> um, what would you say was your most challenging moment on set, be it like a scene or a stunt? Waiting for Michael to be underwater so I could go down and save him in the, in the, in the tank. It was either that or working with Rosenbaum. Dick! I worked with a dick! Tom! Go, go ahead, Johnny! Trying to play Tom and do nothing. Laura! Laura! Come on! Oh, when I had to do a scene underwater and levitate in the middle of the tank and there was nothing to hold on to and I kept floating up and then we get back and I have to try to get back down again. And, and like, it was freezing her, cold in right. the parking lot. And they were like, her hair just isn't perfect. perfect. Yeah, and it's just like, what do you want me to do? I'm in water. So that, yeah, that's sucks. Elena! Um, I kept, my, my heels kept getting stuck in my fishnets when I do stunts. <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous. I hate when that happens. That happens to me too! <laughs> Tom! I answered. Shut up. Right. You didn't right. answer Michael. Uh, most challenging thing? Sometimes to get those speeches out, because I'm always goofing around, I have ADD, and sometimes I had to quote Alexander the Great, and I was like, I'm being serious now, oh my god, I don't know if I can do this. And then it was action, I had to just like, you know, and I, I always thought when I was working with Tom, especially in the later years, like he was always judging me. Like he was just, <laughs> like he was just waiting for me to mess up. He's like, uh-huh, did you get this? Did you memorize this whole line? And I'm like, I'd say, I'd say this whole paragraph and then go, shut up! <laughs> because I know he was sitting there going, because he always says this. I go, anyway, so Alexander the Great had this mother and this mother, and I would go on and on and then Clark would say, so? <laughs> That's all you have? Yeah, you did say that one time. He did, his eyes rolled back in his head and he recited this beautiful, poetic, uh, recited this whole thing of like, exactly what he's talking about. And my line back was, and? <laughs> and because he was in it and he finished, I said, and, and he goes, wait, that, that's seriously all you have? That, 
Jesus. <laughs> it's all you have to say. I would say that. You go, and, and I go, lie. <laughs> He's got and, you give him and. I want a break so I can think of my next line. You know what I'm talking about, John? I want more than and. Like, well, Clark, okay, I'm thinking of the next I know what to say now. I'm listening to you. I never had a moment. Thank you. Go ahead, sir. How are you? Good. Wait, you, you can sit away. down now! <laughs> this question is actually for Mr. Glover. Yeah. Um, this is what it's like to work with Michael, too, you know? <laughs> you know? You're trying, you're trying to do something and it's like... <laughs> Sorry, have a question for me? Yes. Uh, what was the more memorable sh What was your more memorable movie shoot? Was it Gremlins 2 or Batman and Robin? Sorry, what? Most memorable movie shoot you ever had. Was it Gremlins 2 or Batman and Robin? Well, there's a movie called 52 Pickup with Hello. Margaret, where I have kind of... What's with you and redheads? Were you running against right. Aunt Margaret? Yeah. I love the ginger. Hey! This is actually a ginger and honey tea. Hey! Oh my. This was what it was like working with John Glover. But, um, oh, but of those two movies, they were both a, a, incredible fun. How about Scrooged? What? Scrooged. Scrooged. I love Scrooged. What about Annie Hall? Danny Hall. I'm Touch My Heart With Your Foot. It was a beautiful scene. Watch him in Annie Hall. He's yeah, 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 he steals yeah, yeah. it just in this moment. I, you know, I, I just love to work. I feel very lucky when I'm an actor and I have a job and they're paying me to do... I'm play, I play make-believe, you know? And I get my rocks off by being other people. Yes. It, and it saves money on the psychiatrist. Because I get all the crap out. All the mad crap just comes pouring out. Yeah. That's right. And Michael gets it all. We yeah. got time for one more, Michael. Oh, one more. Actually, watch this. Watch this. Go. Question for everybody. All right. What was your most favorite Superman iconic moment that happened? Like the appearance of the Fortress of Solitude, for example. Christopher Reeve. When there's the Christopher Reeve. I like it when the Fortress of Solitude came out of the of the ground. That was a cool thing. Yeah. Any others? Others? I was really passionate about them. Laura. Ditto. Okay, great, John. I don't remember what the okay. Next question. Sorry, guys. Did you like it better playing a villain or the good guy? Uh, uh, I like I like playing the villain, but yeah, I like the villain. John, do you like playing the villain or the hero, the good guy? Pin the donut. Yes. <laughs> hero or I the love, villain? I love pin the tail on the donkey. Laura, villain or hero? Uh, villain. Villain. Elena. Villains are the best. Uh, no, they're both fun. I kind of like playing a badass good guy. Tom. Uh, I, I, I Elena, as long as there's a nice angle or an edge to what they're trying to get after and their desires. Great, last question right here. Okay, if you could play a different uh, DC superhero like when Laura played Indigo on Supergirl, who would be the other DC character you play on one of these current TV shows? Everybody, who would, who would your favorite DC character be? Poison Ivy. Nice. Who would it be? Who would it be? This is the last question. Catwoman? Okay, okay. Batman. Whoa. <laughs> You play Batman? Why not? <laughs> Dude, you should. Oh, Batman. You'd be better than Ben Affleck, I think. Shots fired. Shots fired. Hey, hey, no, hey, no, hey, no, hey. no, 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 no. Sorry, I stepped on your foot, dude. Now, Ben Affleck's great. I'm just saying I think you'd be better. Hello. Because you're my friend. Yeah. Elena. Poison Ivy. Oh. I, no, I, John. I'd like to play Poison Ivy and drag. Hey! Hey, I could do wonders with that. Yeah. Poison Ivy. I'd like to play 
I like to play Clark Kent, so I can say, and? Where's the world, Cleveland? Make some noise. So as you could hear, the uh, the panel was a lot of fun. They all definitely loved each other, and uh, or at the very least could play off of each other quite nicely. There may have been some issues about sharing a microphone between Vandervoort and Glover. Uh, who knows what's going on there? I'm guessing just not enough <laughs> equipment for everybody. But uh, yeah, they were one microphone short. What if they strongly disliked each other? But they're such good actors that you couldn't tell. It's quite possible. I and I don't know. I I I have such a fondness for John Glover at the very least. He is like that uncle, your favorite uncle, is the feeling that I got when I talked to him. And uh, he, I could have talked to him for another day, two days. <laughs> Just straight. Just uh, he was he was so much fun. I didn't really get to interact with uh, Vandervoort uh, at all, which is is kind of a shame. I very briefly spoke with the the person that she was with about potentially maybe taking some time and being able to be on the show, but she's got a lot of stuff going. It's it's hard to say if she's going to have time for that, but I'm I'm definitely going to pursue trying to get a chance to talk to her because she's had some really interesting parts as well. Uh, not just the whole Supergirl thing in in Smallville, but she was on V. V. And yeah. she was the the daughter, Monica. Monica's <laughs> daughter. Yeah. Um, and that only lasted like two seasons. Yeah. And it faded away. Which there was is, a lot of good. There was a lot of good people in that show. It was on ABC. I mean, what do you expect? So yeah, it's kind of hard to to get a show to last too long anymore i mean how often do you get a show like supernatural that's going to go for 15 seasons i mean that's or if you do get a a show that lasts a long time you draw it so simpsons south park um yeah or it's wrestling even even a family guy like things that just die and then come back to life so like a lot of animated tv shows that just last a long time yeah, generally, if you get between five and seven seasons, that's a spectacular success. I mean, and if you get beyond that, you're you're approaching iconic levels of of amazing. Making that money, you gotta keep making them episodes. How how many seasons was Smallville? Like ten. Oh dang! Yeah, it went on for a very long time. I and I. I, I started to lose interest just a little bit when Michael Rosenbaum exited the show. And uh, that's one of the reasons that I very much want to have him on this show. He is my favorite uh, Lex Luthor uh, by far. And he, he had a, a certain charisma that was undeniable, but also a relatableness came through that, that you don't often get in, in um, combination on, on a Lex Luthor. Uh, uh, I'm kind of interested how the, the new Lex Luthor is going to be. Uh, uh, Michael said that uh, the, the, the newest incarnation of Lex Luthor is, is pretty decent, but I only watch the CW shows um, 
once they're all out because I just don't have time to keep up with everything. So uh, I won't be able to see the John Cryer Lex Luthor for a little while. And I'm intrigued at the possibility because I absolutely hated uh, the sitcom that he was in. Uh, two and a half men. Two and a half men. Yeah. Oh, good God! I just, I just despised that show, and I don't know why. Because I like him, and I like Charlie Sheen, and I like the kid. I just, I just couldn't. I, I'd watch it. And I just like. I feel like I'm, I'm dying here. I don't know what it was. Yeah, it didn't draw me in too much. It, it just must I, be. I, I watched an episode of it every once in a while. I'm like meh. It's got to be a genre thing. That's the only thing I could come up with because it ran for a long time, so it must have been pretty good. I just somebody was watching it. It just sure. didn't hit me for some reason. Um, so, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I always talk about it. You know, we when we're talking about music. You know, people's like, "Oh, Elvis Presley." I hated Elvis Presley. Uh, you know, not, not as a person, but the music. Uh, I didn't. Uh, he person. stole all his music from people anyway. Yeah. Regardless. I just could not listen to Elvis Presley, but I still have to accept the fact that it's super important. Whether it's stolen, whether it's good or not, it's without it, we wouldn't have a lot of the stuff that we've got now. And it's not to say that somebody else wouldn't end up doing the same thing. But so you can appreciate Amy Schumer? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I appreciate her roasting. Uh Getting roasted? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I've she, seen her get roasted. I don't think she's been. No, but uh, the, like I, I love her on the roasts, but I've tried to watch her stand-ups. And she, you know, we're getting off topic here just a yeah, little bit. Yeah, we're just rambling right now. <laughs> just rambling. So, you know, maybe we'll edit this part out. but Maybe not. Bottom, I don't know. <laughs> bottom line, if you've gotten to this point, we're, uh, this, is, this is where we're getting loopy at the end of the recording. Um, we'll try and uh, not do that again. <laughs> No, nah. I mean, maybe maybe the rambling is the most entertaining part of the whole podcast. I don't know. It's possible, but I always try to avoid the rambling because that's where I started to uh, giving out specific impressions about the um, people that I don't like, and I don't want to do that because mm. it's it gives the wrong impression. Darn you, John Cryer. Yeah. So well, no, I, I said I like John Cryer. Oh, I know, but it started with him, and and then the. The two and a half. Oh, that's true. That's true. Anyway, but uh, so okay. So without uh, without getting into that anymore, now you have a feeling of what Wizard World is like. You have a feeling of what you might be getting into. Uh, You have a feeling of what uh, an eighty dollar multi day convention might be, which is really a pretty solid price for what you get out of it. You know, definitely take a chance to look into it. And uh, until next time. Follow us, and watch us, and look at us, and push buttons for us. Absolutely, because we are at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter. We are... Pudding Guys. Pudding Guys and Pudding Guys. That's right. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. And very soon, YouTube as well. We're going to uh, do the... What is it? It's not a triumvirate... uh, uh, Every type of quintessence, nonsensical media that's out there, we're going to be on with zero and wait now one viewer. 
<laughs> on our some, Twitch channel. That's some fantastic timing. Uh, right about when we're finishing. It's <laughs> a 100% increase right there. Um, we want to thank you, whoever you are, to have come on to our channel uh, as we finish our episode. <laughs> Here, let's do this. We, we have to say something. Hi. And thanks. That's right. For watching. I agree completely because uh, we definitely see... I, I, whoever you are, you had you had such an opportunity, and I and I, I I feel so bad because we had two really great interviews earlier in the evening. We had Marcuson Nasso, and we had uh, Emily. Um, we had Emily Riesbeck. I was about to mispronounce her name, and I, I wanted to fix that. I'm really good at mispronouncing names. But uh, we're going to say in advance when our upcoming interviews are going to be, and you'll be able to tell all of your friends. It'll be like a movie night with Mm -hmm. the movie being two guys talking on a screen. Well, maybe we could put something in the background. Um, Ooh. I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing either. It's it's way too late. But uh, thank you for coming by and watching. 